0: Okay. All right. Good evening, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us for Desna Patora. This is part two of the Revelation of the Scrolls series. And um, let's go ahead and open up a word of prayer and then we'll get started in tonight's teaching. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for gathering gathering us on the line here tonight. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that the service will move with no interruptions, no distractions. And And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way today. Lord, I just pray that Your saints on the line tonight will be transformed by reason of the anointing tonight. And Lord, I just ask you to conform every one of us on the line tonight into your image. And Lord, I just ask you to equip us for the end of days, equip us to to, to be faithful in these these end of days and with all the calamities going on in the world, Lord God, that you would just cause us up to, to to raise us up, Lord God, to be your end time intercessors and just use us Mm -hmm. in in these end of days. And in Jesus' glorious name we pray. Amen. Amen. And, same time, amen. and folks, it's so good to be on the line with you. I'm just so thankful that you're all that you're all here with me and we, we're all here to study and learn together. I just pray that you are going to receive such an impartation from the Lord today. I pray that God's going to give you even prophetic dreams tonight and that you are going to just bask in God's glory because, you know, Saints God, we are living in the very end of days and we should we should expect experiences in our lives very similar to what the apostles and what the early church experienced in the book of Acts. And, um, you know, the, the Christians today are being persecuted even more than they were in the first few centuries. And it, just because we don't see it as much here in America, it uh, I mean, uh, persecution is a, is a reality all around the world. And, and in, in certain parts of the world, like the U.S., we're kind of blind to what, what's going on. But I just want—I'm I'm just going to encourage all of you to expect the Spirit of God to move here in the line tonight. Expect Him to speak to you, to reveal things to you. The Holy—the Holy Spirit is in charge here. He—he he is just as much real as God the Father and God the Son. He is just as much God as God the Father and God the Son, and He is present here with us, and he's equipping the saints for, for for end time ministry. And all of us are the Bride of Christ. The end. The Holy Spirit is like a Mordecai in our lives and he's preparing us for the rapture. He is preparing us for the second coming of Christ and he's preparing us so that we can be used in, in, in these end of days. So I just I just want to encourage you in that. I want to exhort you. If you're discouraged, if, if you're depressed, you're not alone. My prayer today is that the Holy Spirit will lift you up tonight through his word. And I, I mean, I have never seen people struggling like I have in these last two years. It's like this pandemic really just really brought out yeah, I mean just really brought out the stuff that's in all of us and 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 I just really want to encourage you and know don't think these are strange things that we are going through. I just want you to know that God is in control and just know that God is equipping all of us and he is purifying his bride. He is purifying his bride and I I just I encourage all of you just to be open to the move and the working of the spirit of God in your life. Amen. So today I like to call this part two and I've entitled this teaching Revelation of the Scroll of the Secret and last week I talked to you in quite in, in quite a bit of detail about contextuality versus intertextuality Incontextuality just basically means that the previous verse interprets the verse that you're currently reading and intertextuality means that you use other b- books of the bible to interpret what you're currently reading and i i i have been i started studying the book of revelation again and i just really been seeking the lord over these last several months on on on, on greater understanding of the book of revelation and um, next week, or next time that we meet, probably in about two weeks, I'll go into I'll go into greater depth. Uh, but I, I really want to encourage you to, to to lay aside all that you have learned, all that you think that you know. Isn't that, this is something that I'm doing as well? And really be open to the Spirit of God giving you fresh manna. Mm. And the book and the book of Revelation, it, it, how we got. I mean, God gave. In the visions, the, the revelation of revelation in in, in, in in various visions, and often the flow of it is is like a dream. And if you try to read the book of Revelation like it's meant, like it's set up in a linear manner, meaning that everything's in chronological order, you you, you are going to get more and more confused as you read the book. And and so what I what I'm going to attempt to do with the help of the Lord is 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 to is to really. Uh, Help you understand the book of Revelation in a different in a different way, and not to look at it in a linear manner. You know, we're, we're used to anything. We're, you know, anything that we read, anything that we study, it, we, we we read it with the with the beginning be, uh, being at the first part of the book, and the end being at the very last part of the book. But the Bible is is not written written in that manner. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you to think a little differently. I want to encourage you just to be open, and, and really, you know, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not, when I'm teaching Revelation, often it will not be thus saith the Lord, and the reason is, when it comes to future events, we don't really know what, how it's, uh, what it is until all the events have unfolded. For example, Queen Esther prophesied the hanging of 10 Nazi leaders in the Nuremberg Trials after World War II. And there's a, there are secret codes embedded in the text of Esther that were not understood by the rabbis until yeah. after all these events had completed. And what we're going to find in these end of days is we're not going to understand all the events of Revelation until the prophecies have been fulfilled. Some of the prophecies are, are meant to be fulfilled over and over and over again. You know, many of us are looking for an Antichrist. And I I, you know, I've heard so many opinions, and I just, for, just for fun, I've, I went, up, went out, went on, on YouTube to search for different opinions from different ministers about who the Antichrist is, and it's amazing to hear what pe- people say. And, and I, I really believe that when you do that, you're really going to go into error because I don't think, I don't think we're, we're not, we're not going to know who the Antichrist figure is in, until much later. And I, and I believe in every generation there will be Antichrist figures. And the number 666 will give us clues, but next week, in the next session, I'll hope to bring you some light in that area. But tonight, what I want to do is, because I want to teach you Revelation using the using the lens of Queen Esther. And what I want you to picture is taking the book or the scroll of Esther and taking that book and then just overlaying it over the book of Revelation and, and I'm calling it reading the book of Revelation through the lens of Esther, and I, and I, I really believe you're going to get something uh, quite profound here tonight, because this is not my word. I really believe this is the, the Lord's message for all of us, and he's speaking to each and every one of you tonight, and let's go ahead and begin as we begin the teaching in Revelation of the Scroll of the Secret. Let's go to Esther chapter one, verse one, and I'll be using the, the RSV version tonight, but you know feel to use whatever version of the Bible you're comfortable with, and it read and just to give you a little bit of context, um, the name of the king, the king of the Persian Empire, in Greek, his name is called Ahasuerus. In Hebrew, his name is called Ahashveros. And I'm going to ask someone if they can just type it on on the, in the chat on, so that everyone else can benefit from it. The name Ahashveros is spelled A C H A S H. V-E-R-O-S-H, Ahashverus, A-C-H-A-S-H-V-E-R-O-S-H. And the reason why I spell it, because I I believe you will benefit from uh, from understanding his name within the Hebrew concept. So let's go ahead and read Esther chapter one, verse one. In the days of Ahashverus, the Ahashverus who reigned Now what I want you to see here and I'm going to take this in the literal context first. Ahashverus was the ruler of the Persian Empire. He ruled over 127 provinces and you know basically he ruled over the uh, over much of the of the known world. And the, if you look at the name Ahashverus it's it's broken into a couple parts. And one part of his name is Akaris Akaras and in his name in that portion of his name the first part of his name, it means the end. Then if you take the end of, it, if you take the, in his name, the last four letters of his name, the Rosh, the word Rosh is a Hebrew word meaning the beginning, the beginning. And so what we see here in the very first verse of Esther chapter one, verse one, we see that we see the akaris and we see the Rosh, meaning the end and the beginning. And when you go to Revelation, you'll you'll say that Jesus is saying that I am the first and the last. So what we see a reference here is that God is in control. And God is in control of all events that took place and what he permitted in the book of Esther. In the book of Esther, the wicked Haman plotted to wipe out all Jews throughout the Persian Empire. And he almost succeeded. But But through the intercession and the plans of Mordecai and Esther, God performed a tremendous divine reversal and prevented a holocaust of the Jews in the Persian empire. And it, even though Ahashverus is a wicked king within his name is a prophetic revelation of who God is and God is the I am. He is the first and the last. And we'll talk about the name I am in just a, in just a little while. But the, the name I am or the the name Ahashverus meaning the end and the first. The name alludes to the disclosure of the divine and even though we see all these crazy events taking place we see all these drunken feasts taking place in the book of esther we see 180 days of celebrations and it's like and and not a single law is passed without a drunk without being in a state of, of drunkenness i mean it's just it's just really crazy of what's going on here but in the midst of all this chaos god is in control and god has already planned the, the divine reversal for the Jewish people, even, both, even before Haman begins his plot to wipe out Jewry. And so within this context, the name Ahasuerus, meaning the disclosure of the divine, reveals the theme of the book of Esther. And in the book of Revelation, what we learn is that Jesus is in control. Jesus is, is, is controlling all events. It's like he is, he, he is controlling all the pieces on the chessboard and he's ultimately ultimately in control satan may think he's he has the victory antichrist may think he's gonna win but you know what it's god that's calling the, the, the shots and god only allows the enemy to, to 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 go so far before he performs the ultimate divine reversal and so jesus is the one that performs the ultimate re- divine reversal in the book of revelation I want to give you a little nugget here as well, too, because I know everyone here is at different levels of learning. Um, in, in the book of Esther, how many times, I'll ask you all a question, and I encourage you all just to type in the chat, how many times do you see the name God or any reference to the Lord in the book of Esther? None. And the, 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 the answer is, is never. Mm. It, it is It's is never mentioned. And you may ask the question, then why is the book of Esther part of the canon of scripture? And that's an excellent question. And we'll probably address that at, at another time. But it, it, one reason is it really ties into the theme of the book of Esther. Because the book of Esther is in, in the season of Purim, because we celebrate the feast of Purim in the book of Esther, is it, it represents God's hidden miracles, God's working behind the scenes. So we may be messing things up, and I want you to imagine, uh, you know, one of your children or grandchildren, and as they're walking through your house, and then they're just messing things up, and just, you know, just creating chaos in your home, and then you're walking behind them cleaning all the stuff up, and I want you to picture God like that, you know, you know, man is messing stuff up, but God is working behind the scenes and cleaning stuff stuff up, and God, and God, and, and God already has your deliverance he has it all planned out even before the attack occurs and God is working things out but for, 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 for for your good. And I want you to be open to that during this season is, is that God is working behind the scenes. You may wonder what's going on with, with, with the war that's taking place in the Ukraine and with, with Russia's attack upon the Ukraine. You may be wondering what's happening with COVID-19 and all the variations of that virus and 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 the the, the all the chaos in the, in the markets around the world. You may be you know, really wondering what, Going on, and we are living in we are living in chaotic times. But what I want you to learn is that during this time is learn how to be sensitive to the still small voice and learn how to obey and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, I um and I I encourage all of you is to have that private time with the Lord. And I what I I mean for some it's with music with worship music for me it's really in silence and I. i just take i just take my i just take my bible take my word, and and just just to be in in private fellowship with the lord and allow him to speak and reveal things to me through his scripture and and to speak to me and just really be open to the lord because don't be caught up into all the craziness don't don't live your life in a state of constant fear because i mean there's plenty of fear to go around and we the last two years have been absolutely horrifying for the body of christ and I, I encourage you all just really to find that place of peace and really know when to turn off the outside distractions, know when to turn off social media, know when to turn off your Facebook, know when to turn off the television, and, and really just learn how to become still and be, and be with God. He's going to take care of you. He's taken care of you so far. And there, there have been casualties along the way. But you know what? God is in control, and I just want—I just want to encourage you with that. Another thing I want to encourage you with is—you know—so many people shy away from the Book of Revelation because it brings them into a state of fear. But if you—if if, if, you're—if you're coming into a state of fear as you study God's Word, then you, then, then then you're not hearing from God. And I and I've made that, I've made that mistake myself. Is that because the Word of God is a is a is a word of encouragement? And the reason that one of the primary reasons why God gave John the book of Revelation was to encourage the persecuted church of the first century. So I want, I, want, I want you to know that the book of Esther, the book of Revelation, is a book of encouragement. It's a book of exhortation, and it's going to give you the strength. It's going to give you the manna to remain faithful until the very end, that you, you, are, not, you are not going to miss out on God's plans for your life. Everyone on this line is in different stages of their lives. Some of you, uh, there are folks on this, on, on this line that have, have retired and, 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 and are, that are moving into the next calling in life. There are di- folks on different, you know, different parts of their career in their you know in different parts of their career. And uh, some on this line are students, but every one of you is in a different stage in life. And I just want you to be open to what the spirit of God wants to do for you in this now moment. And he's, he's gonna speak to you. He's gonna speak to you clearly and he's gonna give you direction. And as the name Ahasuerus alludes to is the disclosure of the divine, I want you to be open to the disclosure of God's will for your life during these days. Amen? And again, Jesus is the one that's going to perform the ultimate divine reversal in your life. First John chapter 3, verse 8 reads, He who commits sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was uh, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And that's the ultimate reason why Christ Jesus was manifested in the earth, why he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and why he was born and, and uh, why he was crucified and rose from the dead and, 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 and ascended to heaven on the 40th day after the, after the resurrection was that he would destroy the works of the devil. And and that's not just in the future tense. That's not just in the events that took place 2,000 years ago. That's exactly what he is doing in our lives on on a day-to-day basis, that Jesus is destroying the works of the devil. Every time somebody is healed, that's a destruction of the work of the devil. Every time somebody is delivered from, from any type of demonic influence or demonic possession, that is a work of destroying the works of the devil. Every time a person receives Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, that is a work of destroying the works of the devil. And I just want you to be open to that because he is working, he is working your salvation out. And Christ Jesus is working in you and through you and with you every single step of the way. And the works of, of Satan are being destroyed in our lives. Amen. You, you know, we will not stop sinning. In, until we, we we put on new incorruptible bodies but while we're on this while we're in these bodies we're going to struggle with sin but every single day bring your bring your thoughts in, into subjection to the holy spirit ask the holy spirit to, to to help you to live a pure life to keep your eyes pure to stay away from things that don't please him to not, not look at things on television or social media or or or, or, or watch anything on, on, on television, to watch anything that that, that's going to bring impurity into into your soul and and just allow the holy spirit to destroy the works of the devil in your life because we we live we live in a day where uh, sometimes i cannot tell the difference between the church and 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 corporate america because there's there's so much compromise in both places and the church should not be that way we should be we should be the pure blood-washed bride of christ and we don't and we don't compromise in, in in areas of sin and I, and I just want to encourage you to, to not to not let Hollywood set your standard for living, but let God's Word set the standard for your life. And, and, and you know, and for, for with the example of adultery, adultery is not just the physical act. The, the adultery is just the very is is even having that very thought in your mind. And so we want our thoughts to be in subjection to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, even though man only sees our outward uh, appearance. God sees our hearts. He sees everything. So I just pray that this word, and I'm speaking to myself as well, that this word will transform every single part of our beings. And, and don't get under condemnation. The Holy Spirit is here to help us and just allow him to lead you into all truth. For those, for you know, for, for some that struggle with different habitual sins, um, you know, so some even struggle with with alcoholism and 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 different different things, some sometimes our addiction is because of of past hurts and we need to allow the holy spirit to deal with our stuff to deal with our rejection to deal with 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 the uh, with our painful hurts and allow him to bring healing because once once the once you allow the holy spirit to bring healing at the root the the outward manifest manifestation will just go away those sins will just stop being an issue in your life because you've allowed the holy spirit to deal with the very root and as we pray tonight Mm -hmm. we're going to pray that god's going to break off anything in, in our lives that is not pleasing to him And that he will just really perform a work of inner healing in our lives tonight. So the first name that I shared with you was the name Ahashveros, which means the end and the first, and it it represents the disclosure of the divine. The next thing I want to talk about is the name Haman. Now, Haman is is the villain in in the, uh, you know, I'll I'll just make it very simple right now. He's the villain in the book of Esther, but he's much more than that. I mean, Haman. Uh, is 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 basically the Adolf Hitler of his day, I mean, uh, with a, wi- a wickedness that I don't think any one of us can even begin to compre- comprehend the level of, of his hatred, of his wickedness, and and his and and his lust for power, and his his lust for being glory, and, and and the ultimate plan to destroy millions and millions of Jews throughout the largest empire on the earth of that time, which was the Persian Empire. So let's look at the name Haman, and the, where do we see the name Haman in the Bible, it, specifically in the Torah, and the Torah referencing the first five books of the Bible, where do we first see Haman in the Torah, and it's actually found in the Garden of Eden. Do you all remember that after Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, and we don't know what that fruit was, it, uh, I, I can guarantee you it was not an apple. Uh, All I know is that Adam and Eve partook of a forbidden knowledge. And when God came walking into the garden, Adam and Eve hid. And God asked Adam and Eve, did you eat from the tree which you were expressly commanded not to eat? And did you eat? And and, and, and the, and the, the words in Hebrew are, Hamin haets, Hamin ah-etz. Look at the first part of those Hebrew uh, words. Hamin haets is the word Hamin, and the word Hamin has the same consonants as the name Haman. See, in Hebrew, we don't have letters that are com- that are vowels. That the, the vowels are made through different uh, different markings, but uh, but uh, the consonants of Haman are the sa- very same consonants. That are used when god asked adam and eve did you eat from the tree from which you were commanded not to eat from so hamin haetz sounds like hamin and what i want to bring out here is we see doubt and hamin is it it represents the the epitome of evil represents evil and evil entered into the world after adam and eve partook of that forbidden fruit and hamin is the epitome of, of evil and how he introduced the evil that he plotted against the Jewish people was absolutely something that is unimaginable. So 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 we so so we, we see Ahasuerus, disclosure of the divine. We see Haman, which we learn about in the in the phrase, did you eat from the tree? And now the next name I want you to see is the name Mordecai. And Mordecai was the cousin the elderly cousin of Esther who ra- who raised her cuz uh, cuz uh, because Esther was an orphan and Mordecai ra- ra- raised her as his own daughter now god used Mordecai to orchestrate the deliverance of the Jewish people from Haman's plot to annihilate the Jew- to annihilate the Jews god also used Mordecai to rebuke Esther when more- when Esther was really beginning to doubt whether she should go before the king or not and so Mordecai's name is found in the book of Exodus. So in Exodus chapter 30, verse 23, chapter 30, verse 23 take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet smelling cinnamon, half as much. That is 250, and of aromatic cane, 250. Now, if you look at the very first part of this verse, it says the pure myrrh take the finest spices of liquid myrrh in another translation it says pure myrrh now that pure myrrh if we take those words in, and translate them into the aramaic language it, it's it reads the words uh, mara dakia mara dakia and if you take the consonants again i'm just i'm dropping the vowels like we did with haman and we take the the letters uh, the the consonants of mara dakia the consonants spell the word Mordecai. So, the question I asked you is where do we find the name Mordecai in the Torah? And we find his name in Exodus 30, verse 23, in, in the words liquid myrrh, in Aramaic mara dakia. The consonants are the name Mordecai. So, we, we find Mordecai in the, in, in the pure myrrh. And, and that pure myrrh re- really represents the purity that Mordecai had. And Mordecai's destiny is likened to one of the principal spices in the priestly anointing oil that is known as myrrh. And it's no surprise that when Jesus was was presented with gifts by the wise men, that one of the gifts he, he was presented with as, a, as as a babe was was the gift of myrrh. And that's what God is doing with His bride in His end of days. He's making you like pure myrrh. He's making you like a a, a principal spice. And and he is, he is anointing you. He's equipping you. He's refining you so that he can use you to the level that he wants to use you. And if you're with me so far, please say amen. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Now, let's talk about Ahasuerus and Haman for a second. And let's look at Esther chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. And it reads, then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom, that their laws are different from those of every other people, and they do not keep the king's laws, so that it is not for the king's profit to tolerate them. If it please the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the king into the hands of those who have the charge of the king's business and so the king agreed with it and and, and agreed to common's plot to annihilate the jews throughout the persian empire but what i want you to see here is ahash Verus, in, in a sense represents satan and and or i should say he represents i would say he represents the beast and uh, Ahasuerus is given power to Haman to destroy the Jews. And Haman is, really represents the Antichrist. So when you look through the book of Revelation and you, and you read about the Antichrist, and, and you, I mean, you read about the Antichrist, you read about the beast, what we see here is very similar to Ahasuerus with his signet ring is given power to Haman to wipe out the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. And in the book of Revelation, we see the beast, who's given power to, to Antichrist, the man Antichrist, to to, to bring to wreak havoc on, on the world and to do war against the saints of God. And you, you can see something similar in Luke chapter 22, verses 3 to 6. And, and this is right before Judas betrayed Jesus. And it reads, Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve, he went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them, and you see how Satan entered into Judas. It's, it's just like, and 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 Judas almost as a type of antichrist figure in the ministry of Jesus, and he was he was the one that that sold Jesus to to the Jews and the, I mean to, to to the Jewish leaders and the Romans for thirty pieces of silver. Now let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 13 verses 1 3 and 5. And the beast that we see here it reads and I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and 7 heads with 10 diadems upon its horns and a blasphemous name upon its heads. Then verse 3 it says and its head one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound. Now when you read this text I don't want you to take everything literally. I don't want you to start sketching a picture of some ugly beast with 10 horns and seven heads, because you can do that, but I don't think think you'll get the symbolism if you you do that. And you see a beast rising. Well, I wanna say that that beast represents the spirit of Antichrist, and and that beast is given power to those horns. and And each of those horns represent different kingdoms. And, and we look at the book of Daniel and we're gonna, we're going to compare Daniel and revelation in, in one of our next in one of our next two meetings. and, and, and you, you, you keep seeing beasts, you see the ram, you see the goat, you, you see all these beasts. And these beasts represent principalities. They not only represent powers in the earth with kings in, on the earth, they, they, all, they also represent kingdom, they also represent warring in the heaven. And and, and you see see things happening in in, in the heavens. When you read through the book of Daniel, what do you see? You you, you see the angel Michael coming to Daniel to give him wisdom and understanding of his prophetic visions. And so even now as we see wars and uncertainty taking place in the earth, we see what's taking place with Russia and and, and the war in, in, in Ukraine. And in the Bible, and as we see in the book of Ezekiel, um, Russia is represented by by Gog and Magog. Magog being the ruler of, of Actually, I may have I may have them mixed up. But we, but what we do is we 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 have Gog and Magog, and it represents Russia and the, the leader of, of Russia. And and not only do we see things happen in the in the natural in, in these natural wars, but there were, there are also there's also wars going on in the heavens. So I want you to be aware of that. The other thing I want to share with you is, is, and I'm going to actually, I was going to wait till next week or next time to share this with you, but I'll go ahead and give you this framework, this background right now. uh, when When we study the book of Daniel, we'll see that King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of this great statue and the head was a head of gold and it goes on to describe the different parts of the statue. And the interpretation of his dream is the the, the the head represents, the head of gold represents the kingdom of Babylon. Babylon was the first kingdom that took Israel into captivity, basically destroyed the, destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and took all the inhabitants of Judah and, and Benjamin into captivity, the southern kingdom. And then what do we see after? And, and then the, the next kingdom that took over was the Medes and the Persians. And then the third kingdom was Alexander the Great. We had the Grecian Empire. Then after the Greek Empire, um, it it still continues with the Greeks and Alexander the Great's four leading generals s- split the kingdom into four parts, and each one ruled a different part of the Greek Empire. And then after that Empire, that, then came the Romans, and, and then we we've been then we became, we became you know we had the Roman power and control, and Jesus was born in in Bethlehem during the time of the Roman rule. Now the rabbis teach us that the Roman exile has not ended. They're saying that the, the Roman exile will not end until Messiah comes. Now we as Christians, of course, believe that Christ already came 2000 years ago and he's gonna return a second time. And the Jews teaches that when Messiah comes, he will bring an end to the Roman rule. And I, and, I, and I completely believe that. So this Roman exile, because the Roman exile is the fourth and final exile of the Jewish people. This exile will end when Christ Jesus returns. And in the book of Daniel, we we, we see in great detail, we learn about the the Babylonian exile. We learn about the the exile of the Medes and Persians. We learn about the exile of the the, the Greeks. And you can read more detail about that exile in, 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 in the writings of the Maccabees. And then the fourth exile is the Roman exile. I believe that the roman exile is described in great detail in the book of revelation whereas the third exile is described in detail in the book of esther and um so and so i i and the reason why i bring this out it really helps you understand the context of each of the books in the bible and i just encourage you as you read the books of prophecy you know, as you read, you know, if you're reading Zechariah, you're reading Ezekiel, whatever, whatever book you're reading in, uh, of the Nebulum, the books of prophets, that that you you you, ask, you you research the question, within which exile does this apply? And it will and it will really help you and bring a framework, a context to the books that you're reading. And John the Beloved is writing in, in within the framework of the Roman exile. Jesus lived his he was born um he, he lived his life within Roman exile and the and, and even though there is not a Roman Empire today we we are still under the systems and, and of, of the Roman Empire and, and so and that will come, that will come to an end when Messiah when Messiah comes. And we'll talk about this in more detail later. I just want to share this with you just to maybe whet your appetite and to let you know of things that are, are coming. I, I pray that I'm not stumbling any of you. I pray that I'm not confusing you. I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit just opened you to, 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 to receive this type of impartation tonight. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling to meet him, we beg you, brethren, not to be quickly shaken in mind or excited either by word or by spirit or by letter purporting to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion come first. The man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, some interpret this scripture to mean that Antichrist himself is going to enter into the temple in Jerusalem and proclaim himself to be God. And, and that could happen. Is it going to happen? I, 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 I don't know. But one thing I, I do know about biblical prophecy is, is that it, it, it fulfills itself over and over and over again. And if, if, if a text is not to be fulfilled over and over again, then it would not be written in God's word. So for example, back to the story of the Maccabees going back to 175 BC and, and those, in the subsequent years, what did Antiochus IV do? He, he, he desecrated the temple in Jerusalem. And he, he, he placed a pig on, on, the, on the Holy of Holies And he sacrificed a pig, the most unkosher, the most unholy creature in the Jewish faith. And he sacrificed that creature, a pig, to their idol, Zeus. It was the most wicked thing to do, and Antiochus IV desecrated the holiest place on the entire planet. And Antiochus IV was a type of antichrist during the days of the Maccabean Revolt. And, and, the, and this happened under the under the reign of the Greeks. How about in under the Roman rule? well let let's let's go back to the you know 1920s to the 1940s. Let's look at Adolf Hitler. Hitler was a type of antichrist in the 20th century. I mean an evil that none of us can even begin to comprehend. an anti-Semitism the, the, just a hatred for everything godly I mean the hatred of morality. And a person that com- completely killed people's conscience to where they would not even be affected b- b- by such a depraved treatment of any human being. And I, 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 I would call Hitler a, a type of antichrist. So we are seeing many people throughout the generations that, that can, that could that really could fit the blueprint of antichrist. And what really blows me away is that how, how people accepted him and how Hitler was able to, to bring about a united Germany and, and, and much of the world that he conquered to turn against the Jewish people. I mean, it's it, and it's and it's and we're we're seeing the same type of anti-Semitism, uh, rising up in our days. I mean, I could, I could never imagine that this could happen in the 21st century, but it, it is happening again, and we're see, we're seeing history repeat itself, and and, and the, the the hatred is something that I cannot even. Uh, I mean, I pray that I'll never be able to understand it. I mean, it's just it's the, it's it's from the pit of hell, and 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 look at, I mean. Look at what's taking place in the earth today. It's like, there's such there's such an acceptance of evil. We call it evil good. You know, even as I was growing up, even as a teenager, there were things on television that I, I considered to be dis, despicable. But you know what, in today's television, that would be considered less than a rated G rating. Because what we see today is absolutely despicable. And, and, and it, I mean, it's, just, it's absolutely gross on, on, on what's being accepted. I can't begin to tell you how many things I, I just cancel from from TV services just because I, I can't, I, I just don't want, I don't want to, in, I don't want to support that in any way. So I I want stuff stuff that I programs that I used to watch, I can't watch because of what has become what has become accepted in our society. And so we we see the spirit of antichrist at work in the earth today. And I encourage all of you to 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 really to keep your conscience in check with God's word. And really know how to walk in love, know how to walk in truth. You know, you, you can hate the sin and at, at the same time love the individual. And we don't have to compromise in our truths. We don't have to compromise in our in our faith. And that we really need to learn how to let our light shine in these end of days. Amen. If we're not going to let our light shine, then, then who's going to see the light? Because we need to be Jesus to a to a, to a dying world. And so, I, so I just just want you know, I just want you to be aware of that and. we see in second second thessalonians 2 9 the coming of the lawless one by the activity of satan will be with all power and with pretended signs and wonders now let's look at the book let's look at the name esther for a moment you know we talked about ashverus we talked about mordecai we talked about haman now let's look at the name esther where do we find esther's name in the torah it's found in deuteronomy 31 verse 18 And I will surely hide my face. Now, if you take the scriptures from Esther, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 31, 18, or in Hebrew, it's Devarim. And one translation reads, I, God, will conceal my face. Now, the word conceal in Hebrew is the word astir spelled A-S-T-I-R. See, the word is the word Esther in Hebrew, and it sounds like the name Esther. You see that, Esther, and the name Esther. And so, and Esther's name refers to her hiddenness. And the way God used Esther was, it was in the hiddenness of her name. She did not reveal her Jewishness until much later, and and, the, and and so her destiny was found in being hidden. Mordecai's destiny is found in the pure myrrh. ahash destiny, even though he fulfilled it without planning to fulfill it, is in the name Aheshverus, meaning the end and the first, the revelation, you know the the revelation of the you know, the, 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 the unveiling of of God's name. And so what I want you to see here is that your name is also hidden in God's word. And when you know what your name is in Hebrew, it'll give you a better idea of what your calling is in Christ Jesus. So when you read Revelation 2.17, it should not be a strange text. And, and Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone, which no one knows except him who receives it. And what God's going to reveal to you as you come to learn what your calling is, he's going to reveal your name to you in the Torah. So whether your name is Bill, William, CMJ, Aunt Annie, uh, whatever your name is, you, you may find the consonants of parts of your name. In, in, a, in a text in, in, the, in the Hebrew Bible and God through it will reveal to you what your destiny, what your calling is in Christ Jesus. And my prayer is that God's going to, God's going to begin revealing your, 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 your biblical names to you and that he'll, he'll reveal to you what your name is. Because in, in the biblical context, a name is not a label, like in a programming language, a name is something that, re, that defines your very essence. It defines mm-hmm. your purpose it defines your high calling in Christ Jesus. So when you come to know who you are in Christ Jesus, you, 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 you're, 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 you're gonna move a direction and you're gonna move in total inspiration because you know it's 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 an assignment that God is giving you. And if you're with me so far, please say amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And then the next thing I want to share with you and I, is about it's the concept that I it's I'm calling it if you've if you have lost it, then you can get it back. Can you all say that with me? If you have lost it, then you can get it back. Yeah. If you have if lost it, you can, can get it back. back. Excellent. So only yeah. I want you to think about times in your life or just, just in your bloodline. You know, th- th- there may have been a grandparent, a great grandparent or, or, or whoever that, that may have obtained a tremendous wealth, tremendous status, but then something happened along the way that everything was lost. Maybe the finances were lost. Maybe the callings were lost. Maybe the success was lost. You know, and, and the concept I want to share with you, if you've lost it, you can get it back. And, and let's talk about this from the context of Esther. See, Esther was called to be royalty. Esther, and Esther's bloodline was royalty. And her bloodline goes all the way back to King Saul. So she was of the royal bloodline of King Saul, of the tribe of Benjamin. And King Saul was the very first king of Israel. But because of Saul's disobedience, he lost it, as we shared a couple of weeks ago. But God used Esther to regain that royalty, to regain that authority. And in Esther chapter 2, verse 5, it says there was a, a Jew in Susa, the capital, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Yair, the son of Shimi, son of Kish, a Benjamite. And as we shared last time, what's missing here? Well, the name of Saul is missing. It's, it's like in the lineage, it says the son of it says, it says the son of Kish. So we see Kish, but but we don't we don't see Kish's son, who was Saul. And what we learn is that because of Saul's disobedience, it, it was as if God erased his blood, erased him out of history. I mean, he lost the royalty. And then in Esther 2, 7. Esther has to live those consequences and it says here he brought up Hadassah that is Esther the daughter of his uncle for she had neither father nor mother now let's pause here for a second yeah we know she's an orphan and we see that because by the fact she was raised by her cousin Mordecai but there's more to it here she had neither father she had neither father nor mother meaning that she had lost her royalty she had lost her royal uh, uh her royalty standing and as we see in Esther 2.5, two verses earlier, King Saul is not mentioned because King Saul is erased out of history because of his disobedience. And as a result, Esther is an orphan, not just because she has no mommy and daddy. She's an orphan because she lost her de- she lost her legacy. It was of no fault of her own. But guess what happened? She lost it, but just but just because she lost it does, does not mean she cannot get it back. She gets it, she gets it all back and more. And if you go to Esther chapter five verse one, it says, "On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood stood in the inner court of the king's palace." And what we see here is that Esther put on royalty. Esther put on the garments of God's glory. And what I want you to see here is Esther at this point is no longer an orphan. She has regained the royalty, that royal standing, that calling to, 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 to be a kingdom of kings and priests to God. What Saul had lost, Esther had regained through her obedience. See, King Saul lost it through two acts of deliberate disobedience against God. Esther regained it through her obedience. And this, what we see here is a divine reversal. She does the exact opposite of what her ancestor King Saul did king Saul was disobedient well Esther does the very opposite she is obedient to God's command and through her obedience through her her humility she regained her position and and she's no longer an orphan because what's even greater than having a mother and a father is having your high calling in God and she regained that royal status see it wasn't enough that she was queen over the Persian empire that was really secondary what was really significant is that now she has regained the authority as a queen over the Jewish people because she has regained the royal status that her ancestor King Saul lost. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Now, how, how do we apply this to our lives today? Well, the answer is found in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And here's Jesus, who's a type of Mordecai in our lives. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. And see, what I want you to see here is that you are a kingdom of priest to God. And, 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 and God is, is raising us up to be, to be for the Father's glory. And you don't have to wait till after the rapture uh, or wait till after the second coming to rise up to, to, to be a kingdom of kings and priests. You are called to be a nation, a people of kings and priests to God right now. And, and that means that you walk in your high calling in Christ Jesus. And you and you put on those pure garments that pure those pure garments are, are um, is not about physical clothing it's more so it's about our character that a character lines up with our walk with God amen yeah. and remember I said that this this the whole this whole portion of this teaching here is if you've lost it you can get it back well look at Revelation chapter 3 verse 2 where where Jesus says awake and strengthen what remains and is on the point of death, for I have not found your works perfect in the sight of my God. And so the, in what we see here is the church has, this church, this, this fellowship of, of believers has lost their royalty. They have lost their position. And then Jesus says in Revelation 21, verses 2 and 3, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. And what I want you to see here is that, that here the church has put on royalty. And and, and, and as, you, as you're as purified through your, the fiery testings of life and, and as you submit to Jesus' rebuke and you allow him to bring you into correction and, he, and you allow Jesus to point out the areas in your life that are not pleasing to him, and 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 you and you walk in humility you accept what he says with what's with some you know what was you you accept what he tells you and you you turn around from that sin you repent (coughs) excuse me And, and 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 you do what he's called you to do and 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 that's how you put on royalty and esther put on mordecai and mordecai really represents the end time body of christ that we as the bride of christ are an end time type of esther and Jesus is coming back for a, a, a bride that's washed in his blood uh, for a bride that has put on clean garments a, a, a bride that is pure, that's completely refined in character and in every way possible that we may serve God completely. And, and, and the bride I mean it's like we are the bride, we are the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom. And then R- Romans 12.1 says, I, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In the King James, it says your reasonable service. And I encourage you to, to offer him your bodies as a living sacrifice, just as in the, old, in, in the, in the, in the um, Hebrew scriptures where we had animal sacrifice. In the New Testament, we don't have that because Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God who was offered up for our sins. But in our daily lives, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Amen. That is our, that is our reasonable service. That is our spiritual worship. And we just offer. And we want to be a holy, acceptable sacrifice to God. And that means through our sacrificial service, even as we study God's word on the line tonight, this is all our reasonable service. And even in our tithes and offerings, That every part of your life is, 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 is really an act of worship. And in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, do you not know that you're, that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and that temple you are. See, that's what I want all of you to know is that you are God's temple. And and, and, and the and the and the more pure that you make your physical tabernacle, the more God's gonna use you in the end of days and the and the more, more God's gonna reveal end time events to you. See, God does not do anything without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And I believe every one of you is called to be a prophet or a prophetess to God. And he's going to speak to you. So when you, you start seeing things happening with the invasion in the Ukraine, you, you see the announcement of a new COVID-19 variant. It shouldn't be a surprise to you because many of these things God will reveal to you beforehand and, and just really allow God to speak to you and show you how to prepare for the for the calamities that are yet to come upon the earth. And just the book of Revelation shows us, You know, even through all the plagues and all the events that take place, instead of repentance taking place, people become harder and harder and harder. And we saw similar behavior by Pharaoh um, through all the the plagues or the wonders that God brought brought upon Egypt. Instead of humbling himself, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And... So through the 10 plagues, he just became harder and harder. And we're seeing this happening in the earth today is that we don't see a whole lot of repentance. And it's like once one calamity is over, shortly afterward, we forget about it and get on with our lives. And so we don't really learn from what took place. You know, after 9-11 took place, September 11, 2001. And I remember exactly where I was when when those twin towers came down. And it looked like repentance was taking place in America. But you know what, it didn't last very long. And and, and now I believe the the wickedness today is so much greater than it was back uh, back on 9-11. And my prayer is that we are gonna return to God wholeheartedly. You know, uh, I see we we have Yvonne here from Indonesia. We have folks represented from uh, from different parts of the world. I think most of the folks here are, are, are in California and um, if you wouldn't mind in the chat, just if you just you know just kind of just uh, t- you know, just maybe just send a note and l- let me know where you're joining from. So I'd re- really really like to know where you're all coming from. But one thing I do I do want to share with you is, is is I I really believe that America and and, and, and I don't believe I don't believe America's greatness is, is over yet. I really believe that God is gonna is gonna raise up america once again to, to to do great works of hesed around the world to do great works uh, with missions around the world and, and and to see some of the greatest and see great moves of his spirit to go forth around the world amen and i mean i, I I'm, I'm i've been praying for that for for the last couple of years that lord let america rise and become the nation that you've called america to be let yes. this be a nation that's going to spread the glory of god to the ends of the earth yes. You, you, you know the filth of hollywood should not be spread all over the earth it should be god's glory that should be spread throughout the world and repentance should become that uh, should be something that that spreads out throughout the earth i want to share a little personal testimony with with all of you i wasn't planning to go here and some of you that have known me for a while in, in my from the the, the tour services we, we did in person i shared this with you at least a few times and i want to go back to a time back uh, back in my teen, teenage years and I was actually at a Salvation Army church camp as a teenager. And, and, and every night it was our custom to have these, these campfire meetings where we worship and learn the word and just fellowship. And there was one night that where it was a completely different than any other nights. And what took place was as we were worshiping, the, the, the glory of God fell so heavy. It was so heavy that I could almost, I don't know how to articulate it in the natural. But it was almost like it was like a blanket dropped over all of us. And we felt we felt God's love like I have never felt in my life. I've only experienced this maybe two or three times in my life. It was so glorious and everybody broke out in in tears. And there was such a move of love and unity among all of us. And and over the next couple of days, everyone, because we only had a couple more days left at this camp meeting. I mean, everyone, I mean, they were just, they were, they were, they were just tears of repentance over those next couple of days. Um, every, everyone was confessing their faults to one, one another. And there was such a move of unity among all of us. And, and most of us there were just like 12, 13, um, you know, uh, to 12 years old, to maybe 18. And, and, and I just remember that move of the spirit of God at that camp. It was like, it was totally, it was a total move. Of the holy spirit and i remember the last day i did not want to leave that camp i did not want to return home the glory was so strong and, and there was such a move and there was such a revival that took place among among this entire camp and that's my prayer that, that, that this is going to happen in the body of christ that there's going to be such a move of love such a move of the, the holy spirit such a move of repentance Can't hear you, Pastor Sanjay. Okay, uh, thank you for telling me. Can you hear me now? Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just saw a message pop up saying I was muted. Um, do you know how long I was out? A couple of seconds, like. Okay, very good. Okay, so you you, know, you in, <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. So, and so, uh, really, just the, the the takeaway is that the Spirit of God took over that camp meeting, and there was such a move of repentance. And I, and I'm, my prayer is that this, this is going to happen again, and 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 I believe the Lord was just giving me a, a foretaste of what's going to take place in the end of days. And I pray there's going to be such a move of holiness in His body, and since sinful nature is just going to fall off, we're not we're not going to have to we're not going to have to debate it, what, what what the institution of marriage is. You know, we're not going to debate. Um, what's sin and what isn't sin we're not going to debate is abortion sin or not sin because the spirit of god is going to so convict his body that we're going to we're going to walk in so much love that we cannot even imagine aborting an unborn child and we cannot imagine doing anything to grieve the holy spirit and and there'll be such a move of love and such a move of unity in the spirit of god just gonna make it plain to us what is wrong and what is right and, and, and there's going to be such love and such forgiveness. And, and it's, it's, my, it's been my heart's cry for, for a long time that, that this take place. Because, you know, having been a believer for, 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 for so many years and serving in the body of Christ in, in many different roles, it's like I, it's 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 time for the church to grow up. We, we we cannot be like little children anymore. And it's not about who you are, what your title is, or, or what you do, what your resume looks like. It's all about Jesus, and it's all about souls, and, and it's about walking in unity, and it's about helping one another. And when any any of us struggle, any of us are suffering, any of us are going through hard times, we're there for one another. Amen. And and it's really it's really. It's a time that we return to our first love, that we return to Christ Jesus wholeheartedly. And I pray that, 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 that this will be your heart's cry. You know, I, I have had a taste of a revival, but you know, I don't believe I've seen anything compared to what's coming. You know, some of you on the line have been in the ministry with, with, with Miss Catherine Kuhlman. You, you have seen some of the, the glory of, 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 this, of this, that was in the seventies and even earlier, you know, and I, 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 I miss that generation. And, but but what i'm telling you what's coming to the body of christ is so phenomenal and there is going to be a move of the spirit of god upon all the nations of the other world, and it's going to be such a move and god's going to use so many of you and all of you that are willing god's going to use because the harvest is huge but the laborers are few and i even as i see Sister uh, Dominique on the line here, God's going to use her in, in the most incredible ways. And God's going to use every single one of you in the most tremendous ways. Even my friend, Bill, I know God's going to do great works with, uh, with him as he's, as he's moving into the next part of his life. God's, God's got great plans in store for each and every one of you. And um, I just want you to be open to that. I, my goal was to take you through the book of Revelation with the revelation of Jesus, but we, we've run out of time here. So we'll do that next time that we meet. I, I don't want to rush through Revelation, but I want to teach it layer by layer. And we'll just keep going as, as long as the Spirit of God keeps us and allows us to be in this topic. And um, if you are interested, let, 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 me, let me know if there's questions that you want us to tackle. Uh, you know, go ahead and send, send me an email. Just reply back to the event, bright or just post them in the chat. I think I can capture the questions that are posted here. So just I just want you all to just, you know, to just enjoy this journey with me. and and just allow the spirit of god to 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 reveal things to us layer by layer and when we study revelation it's not just about studying end time events because my my weakness is i just want to get to the end and even as i was going through my studies in 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 high school and college i would always read the last chapter first because i wanted to know what the end what the outcome was and even when i read the bible the first book i read was the book of revelation then i worked my way from the from the beginning so, but you know, I I, I want to encourage you, d- 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 don't, d- don't do that. I encourage you to really enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, experience the process, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in, in this current moment of your life because he's speaking to you. Whether we're studying scriptures in, in, in Esther or Revelation or, or any book in the Bible, allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. And and let's go ahead and close in prayer here, Heavenly Father. I just thank you, Lord God, for the saints that you have gathered here in the line tonight, Lord God. And Father God, I ask you to reveal to every one of us, reveal to us the white stone, the, the stone of manna that you have for us, and reveal the name that you have, that you have given to each one of us, as you revealed Esther's name, Mordecai's name ahashverus's name that you will reveal to us what our names are and where our names are found in in your holy word and lord i just pray above all else that we will offer you our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to you which is our spiritual worship and with that lord god i thank you for all your saints in the line just bless them exceedingly in jesus glorious name we pray amen and amen, amen. Saints, god thank you all so much for joining and um, I, we will see you all next time and have a wonderful evening. And I'll see you all in two weeks. And Thank you, Pastor Sam. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you. Beautiful. Thank you. Great job. Thank you most welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so good to see you all tonight. You too. Thank you.